Used to keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do? I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool Hello boys and girls and welcome to the North Pole for the seventh episode of Her Ice, where we'll take you through a winter wonderland of girls high school hockey, replete with candy canes for top players, a grand retelling of last week's frozen escapades, and a holodazzle's worth of preparation for the coming week's tournaments. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. I am Peter Odney. I'm here with my elf in crime, Todd Houck. Todd, happy holidays, buddy. How you doing? You know, I'm doing well. Thanks for elfing me into the program today as we are now jumping into episode number seven here on Her Ice, which in case it's your first time joining us, welcome aboard to the wonderful Wizard of Hockey Land. Uh, this is a podcast where we chat about Minnesota girls' action. Uh, we talk about players, we talk about stories, as well as some hockey-related topics. Sometimes we even talk about non-hockey topics. Uh, and we're broadcasting, as he said, north in Studio 1A of the YHH Home Office in Bloomington. And Her Ice is probably sponsored by Map Hoppy. Hockey, that is M- hoppy. Hoppy. Well, sometimes they hop the boards, so that would be <laughs> a different map. That may be Map East. Uh, but right now, uh, let's talk real quick about our sponsor, who is Map, located in Mendota Heights. So if you're looking for that extra edge or any off-season training opportunities, check out Map Hockey. Uh, has a lot of great on and off ice training for squirts, peewees, bantams, and high school players. Uh, I know there's many wild players that practice there or or uh, just get that extra conditioning, which is what always give them the extra edge. So if they also have specific uh, goaltending uh, training programs there. So if you're interested, visit map.hockey. For more information. Damn, that was holla dazzling right there. While I try to dazzle, no celebration yet. We got some stuff to do. We got some stuff to talk about because next week's going to be the holiday week. So we might be, we're not sure what day we're going to jump on the case. But in the meantime, we had some rankings this week. They didn't really move much, but let's wrap about that quick with the master, the mixer of all the rankings. (laughs) Peter O, 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 O. I, I am here to tell you about the rankings. And first, I would like to apologize to everyone who's ever looked at these staff rankings. My assumption that Cambridge Isanti Mora Pine City was a single A school. Nope. I am sorry. They're <laughs> in section seven, double A. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, maybe I just, I assumed, and you know what happens when you assume, toddler. It does. So, you know what? So, all those that we've been barking and we've been talking and uh, bringing up, everybody talking about the Cambridge Isantimora Pine City squad, the Blue Jackets, you are double A, but you're number one in our hearts. So, that's all that matters. So, that was a public apology number one today. Uh, but let's jump back into those rankings because I know Cambridge is probably in the mix a little bit there. Where are they at? I think Cambridge is hovering just outside the top ten now that we've put them in Class 2A, Andover bows out of the top three after losing to Forest Lake. And, Todd, I am going to separate my shoulder like Cam Newton patting myself on the gosh dang back mm-hmm. for calling that one. A little congratulations to myself. So Section 7AA gets a little bit of a shakeup. Forest Lake will probably take the top seed in that section. Egan moves into the top five. They've won 10 straight games. Very close to YZ. And, yes, YZ beat Egan earlier in the season but I like the the Wildcats' 10-game winning streak. And, you know, places 5 through 10 are fairly negligible. They'll be shuffled consistently throughout 
throughout the next week. You did say Egan lost, and I swear I have amnesia or something because I cannot remember last time. Way lost, back. Which they'll be coming up later as a tease, y'all. But let me tell you, um, that loss by Egan to uh, Wyzetta, that was eons ago. That was pre-snow, eons. I think. It was pre-snow. It was pre-rain. It was pre-leaves changing colors. In Class A, World. Maintains its number one spot, but Mound West Tonka mm-hmm. That's moves right. up to number two. They when uh, I put the rankings together, they were twelve, oh, and one. Congratulations to the Whitehawks! Welcome to the top two. Keep it real, keeping it real. Matamidi creeps into the top ten. South St. Paul hangs in there at number nine. East Grand Forks will likely move up this week after a couple of wins, but. Uh, not a ton of change in single-A world, still number one, as they have been for the past, oh, gee, I don't know, two months. Close to that, yeah. So some of the games that kind of affected some of the things that we the, – some of the rankings, not a whole bunch of the rankings, but a few of the games. We'd like to quick chat about some of the games that we picked last week. Uh, one of them was some big lowdowns between Cambridge, uh, the formerly ranked single-A team, but now – are now a double-A team, according to Peter. Um, they uh, had a, took one that on the on the chin against Ian Perry last week uh, in a 5-1 loss. Uh, the big one, that one, was Sydney Lanseth, who had three goals, and so she was uh, no match for Cambridge at that time. Uh, in that one, uh, Todd, that's me, had picked EP, and Mr. Peter O had said, you know what, I'm going with the Blue Jackets, <laughs> and unfortunately the candy did not shoot off very much. No. Um, so that one was on the downside. Uh, another big matchup last week that uh, shook things up a little bit. We thought Rogers and the North Wright County game was going to be a barn burner. It was a barn burner uh, as uh, uh, North Wright County won that one in a 4-1 victory. Uh, Bourgeret uh, had two goals and one assist, so that was uh, a winner for NWC. And both of us took that one as a winner, so no troubles on those picks. And the last one uh, was a big shocker, but I think that was kind of the game of the of the week so far. Obviously, it was the Andover uh, Forest Lake, which Mr. Odney was at, witnessed in person. I did. With Miss Gaynor, who had 30 big stops as uh, the Rangers stopped the Huskies and dropped them one nothing. So uh, I took the Rangers, and Mr. Odney said, no, I'm taking the Huskies on the road. And, of course, as you know, all that works. So uh, I did have a pretty good week in the I picks. I thought I had Forest Lake. No, I got you down for Andover. What? Right there. Andover. You said Andover. What? I think you're remembering that wrong. Well, that's right, because I wrote it last week, so it's fresh. I'm still taking credit for it. But we also had some big games that happened last night. So let me rip through them real quick because um, I don't want to take a lot of Peter's time. But there are some, like, some big games that, that, uh, that kind of peaked at that I thought were going to be big ones, and they were. So first, let's start with Elk River Zimmerman uh, beating Blaine last night in the Battle of Northwest Suburban. Uh, the Elks won that one in a 7-4 contest. Uh, Kelsey King, the scoring machine, had only one goal, but it was kind of a team effort in that one. Uh, and uh, uh, Ramsey Parent for Blaine had two goals. So Blaine just didn't have enough uh, enough guns to take down the Elks. Madeline Christian had a hat trick in that game for Elk River Zimmerman. Madeline, one of the leading scorers for the Elks. It's nice to see that they're finding some secondary scoring behind Kelsey King. So true. Uh, another big matchup that happened last night was the Warriors. The Lady Warriors stayed undefeated with a 3-1 victory over big rival Thief River Falls. Uh, and the big one, that one, uh, was Miss Hendrickson, who had a goal and assist to power uh, uh, the War Road uh, to that 3-1 victory. So uh, Genevieve with a nice game for them, and it kept them uh, – uh, on top and undefeated, and that right now that kind of pushed her to her. Now she's leading the team with assists with 11. So uh, it is a is a well balanced team. They have a lot of warriors on that team, not just a one 
one fish, one squad. So, uh, <laughs> but they stay undefeated as Miss Coons obviously only allow one goal, which is a shocker. Miss <laughs> Coons gives a, a a goal up, but if it's um, not a shutout, it's a shock. But anyway, but still, that's a tough competition with a with a top team as Thief River. So those team those teams are bitter rivalries rivals. I mean, not not only on the ice, but the the two towns when it, whenever they come together. In uh, any athletic competition, the stakes are a little bit higher. Oh, yeah. Totally throw down it up there in the northwest corner. Uh, another big matchup that happened last night. We kind of thought on paper it was going to be a little closer. Uh, Forest Lake traveled to Braemar and took on the Hornets. But uh, on that one, actually, the Hornets actually prevailed in a 7-0 victory. Uh, the big couple scores in that one uh, was C.C. Bowlby, who had two goals and one assist, captain for the Hornets. The green machine was uh, on fire that night, as well as Tele Jungles, who had a goal and two assists. So uh, Rangers came upon the uh, Hornets, hoping uh, to do some bigger things, and they got their first L for the season. But no fear, Rangers. There will be other Hornets to get later on. One glaring weakness I see in that game is the Rangers went 0 for 6 on the power play. Can't You, you can't do that. Can't get a W if that's the case, but but uh, no fear. I mean, it's it's not like they were taken down by a lesser team. They done definitely. If you want to get tested, that's where you want to get tested. So um, a good battle there. And so there'll be other big battles coming up. Last we want to rip on real quick, rip through. I should say real quick <laughs> is a big battle. And North Wright County is back in the mix as they had a, a big game as they played against Brainerd Little Falls. And they came on the other side of that one as Brainerd Little Falls had won that one by the score of uh, four to two. So. Uh, another big matchup for them. So Brainerd Little Falls, uh, they stand on top there, and so they moved up their subs up to six uh, two and one on the season. So After a little bit of a slow start for Brainerd Little Falls, they've been playing exceptionally well over the last week. You know, they they lost opening to Cloquet Esco Carlton's yep. game. They probably should have won. Their only loss since then has been a two goal loss to Warroad number one in Class One A. They've got some nice wins. They tied Minnetonka. They shut out Alexandria. Now they beat Northright County. The Warriors going forward could be a team to keep an eye on. For sure, for sure. All right, so we talked about some player, some games last week that were big ones on our our tablet. But let's talk about some players of the week that did some big things. Now, normally, uh, when I compile these lists together, I, I come up with uh, some multiple staff. So most of the players have got a couple of games in the week. Usually got two games. But since we're in the holiday season, things are slowing down a little bit. So this week, we're going to focus more on just awesome games by some individual players of the week. So first let's talk about Emily Olsen uh, from uh, oh my brain just turned off for a sec. Delano Rockford. Uh, she had a big game last night as they defeated uh, Del- uh, not Duluth. Oh my brain just totally turned off for a sec. Uh, Emily had five goals and one assist in the victory for uh, Delano Rockford. What? Maybe Waconia. I put a W on my nose. Why would I just put a W? So that was darn silly. But anyway. Shorthand is a lost art. Big game for her. She had five goals, so that was a great game for her. Uh, another gal that had a great game. She's actually had a lot of great games this season, so it's not a surprise, but Sadie Part uh, from Grand Rapids Greenway. She had a huge game last night as they defeated Duluth uh, by the score of 8 to nothing. and Sadie with a six-pack. She had three goals and three assists, so great game for her. She's had some great numbers, probably averaging probably close to about two to three points a game as it is for the powerful Lightning, so no surprise there as she had powered the Lightning to that victory over Duluth. Uh, another player that had a great game last week that we, we've on the – 
she's been on her now prospects and kind of peeking her is uh, Jade Peterson uh, from Wasika. Uh, last week on Thursday, she had a great game as they played a really tough game against uh, Minnesota River, losing in a 7 6 uh, battle. But in her game, she had four goals and one assist. So that was a great game for her. Um, she had two goals a game before that. So, uh, Jada, congratulations to you. And you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a candy cane for that great game, having four nice. goals for one game. So, congrats to you. She's listed as a defender. She is a defender, but she definitely is uh, one of the powerhouses for uh, Wasika, which is that 507 hockey, which we've talked about a lot, with obviously with Northfield and with Faribault. Wasika is not quite, I don't think, in that same category as those. Obviously, they're not in the big nine, uh, but definitely one to, to, to reckon with, I think, uh, especially when they got to play Laverne and, and more in the central south part of the state. So. If you're getting four goals in a game from a defender, you're doing something right. You definitely are. Most definitely there. Uh, another player that had a great game last week is uh, Blake's Lily DeLandis, uh, which most of the girls in, in Blake are going to have awesome games. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Um, but the, the benefit that I want to kind of bring out to her is not only did she have a great game, but uh, she brought big power. She had a five-pointer herself. Not only did she just have a goal, which is good for her, but she had four assists, and that was a 9-0 uh, victory over Minnehaha United. So yeah, uh, The De- Cornell commit now leads Blake with 14 goals and 30 points. Blake has not lost since that November 13th defeat to Adina. They are rolling past teams. I think the closest game they've played since November 23rd was a 6-3 win over Blaine and a 5-2 win over Benil. So they're beating teams by three goals or more. Got a couple of 9-1 wins in there to go along with that 9-0 game that you just mentioned. The Bears are rolling. Bears are booming, that's for sure. No hibernation for these Bears. No, no, not so whatsoever. Hey, last team, uh, not last player of the of the week that I want to give some kudos to is uh, the one thing about the Adina Hornets, we all know how great they are, and we know that they are doing some great things. they got a lot of great players. Tell C- us C- more. CeCe C- Bowlby's playing great, uh, Katie Davis, Andy Cool. Uh, but the one that I want to give some love to is a little goalie love, even though I don't have any goalies in my family, never have. But <laughs> uh, but Ellie Streit, hope I'm saying this right, Strittmater, hope I'm saying that right. I think it's uh, Strittmater. She had a nice little week. They uh, mind you, the Hornets did win both games, uh, 7-0 over Forest Lake last night, and then they won 3-0 over Wyzetta last week. But of those two games, she shut out both teams, and in the in the process, she had 43 saves. So uh, big kudos out to the seniors, uh, uh, Ellie, for having back-to-back shutouts for the Hornets because they're always known for their score, 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 and they get on teams, and you're down 3 4 nothing before you even blink your eyes. But... She stood between the pipes, especially having 27 saves against uh, Forest Lake last night. So kudos and a candy cane goes out to Miss Strip Matter uh, for having a great couple weeks for well, Strip Matter had to play behind Megan Smith last year. Smith got the bulk of those those minutes for the Hornets, and she stepped in and played really, really well with a 10-1 record, a 1-6-4 goals against, and three shutouts. If the Hornets have just as much production from the crease as they do from their forwards, the Hornets could be looking at a 1-2-3. Three third Pete. Pete. I know it's Christmas, but I'm so full of the holiday spirit that You're I'm going to say things like three Pete. You're in a giving mood. That's definitely what you are. Three Pete. Speaking of holidays, what it has done right now is it has put a little bit of a damper on parts of our our games, and I just say that <laughs> in a positive way because when we're looking for great games, are coming up. I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to watch these games. There's Ian Prairie Maple Grove coming up, and then. Uh, there's not much going on after no. there's like, like 33 games on Thursday, but I want to give you a, a kind of a kudos up to some of the big tournaments, which are coming up during the holiday season. So they're going to get kicking off, uh, next week. Obviously the Swanch cup's a big one. Uh, the gold bracket is going to be played, uh, at Ritter arena starting next Wednesday. 
So obviously some of the big ones you want to pay attention to that one are going to be uh, Blake is in that one. They play Holy Family, which is a big, big matchup in a, in a quarterfinal game. Uh, Andover's in that one. Rogers is in that one. Uh, Montemita and St. Paul United is also going to be a nice little contest there, as well as Proctor Herman is in that that. Uh, that tournament as well in the gold division. So uh, definitely some good teams in the gold division. So, uh, But obviously with Blake and Andover in that one, it almost lines up to be <laughs> Huskies and the Stars are aligning. The Bears in that one. But uh, anyway, but that, uh, but definitely, folks, if you want to go watch some good um, uh, girls high school hockey, definitely go to Ritter. You're going to see some good matchups there. I would add that St. Paul United and Matamidi section for a rival. St. Paul United has kind of owned the section in recent years, but it always seems like they have to go through Matamidi to get there, a rubber match of sorts for the United and the Zephyrs. For sure. So a few other tournaments to kind of keep on your radar as you're looking for, it's like, where should I go if I'm looking for some good high school hockey? Because obviously you can go to your local neighborhood rink uh, where you're going to find some good games there and or support the local gals. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Eden Prairie's got what they're calling the Midwinter Meltdown. So obviously Eden Prairie's going to be in that one. Wyzetta's in that one, I believe, that they're going to be that could be the matchup right there of Wyzetta versus Eden Prairie in the championship. So don't call that a hot sports take, but <laughs> I think that is a, a good opportunity for those two to meet. Uh, some other ones to keep in mind also is the Walzer Invite, which is at Braemar. Obviously, that's in the Indiana tournament, so you'll be looking for the Hornets and uh, and anybody else who wants to go down there and get buzzed or do the buzzing. Uh, <laughs> Farmington has got the Lewis Schmitz Holly Holiday Classic as well. Uh, and then, obviously, Warroad is hosting the Hockey Town Holiday Classic. So another great battle. And then as well, Fogarty is hosting the Midwinter Border Battle. Not to be mixed Yikes. up with the Meltdown, because <laughs> why would you do two Midwinter? But anyway, uh, so Blaine's hosting that one up at Fogarty. So uh, some good tournaments coming up next week. We'll all over. All over the place. So um, don't, be, don't be shy if you're looking for some good uh, girls high school hockey action. It's out there. It's out there. Well... We've talked wow. about some teams. We've talked about some players. We've talked about some games. And let's talk about somebody that's coming, which means we have some teams that we have done a little research. We've kind of watched them, and they're slowly creeping up behind others to say we are in the mix and we'd like to uh, be recognized. So let's start, Peter, with the first team that he liked to mention as a we're coming team. We coming. We coming. There you go. Holy family. Holy the hot what? start has not slowed down. Eight and two are the fire in their first year without Waconia in a co-op program. Some nice young talent on the fire roster. Taylor Keppel's got seven goals and 16 points. And Sedona Blair and Alex Pellici have formed a really nice goaltending tandem for the fire with uh, Pellici winning five games. Sedona Blair's got a goals against him, I think something like Point three three, And if you've got two goalies that you can rely on, keep them fresh, play them an equal amount of time, and make sure everybody's firing on all cylinders as we enter the conference stretch of the season, Holy Family's going to be a tough team to beat. They tough definitely team are. to beat. Another one that we'd like to bring up to into your attention, because they're coming, they're and I coming. actually can speak a little bit about them because I actually saw them in person last night as <laughs> I was at the Jefferson-Minneapolis game, was uh, the Minneapolis. And I think they're still known as the Novas. I did not uh, – I looked at my research. They were known as the Novas for a long time, which mostly was a lot of the Minneapolis kids. But the reason I want to bring them up is because right now they're sitting at a record after the overtime win last night against Jefferson. Uh, they have an 8-4-1 record. And why are they playing so well? Well, right now, I'll tell you right now, they have a – their lead score right now is Erica Liskey 
who has 13 goals and 12 assists. So she is the leading team uh, point getter for that. And with their victory last night, mind you, it's early in the season, and a lot of teams have had non-conference division games. Uh, but right now they're sitting on top of the Metro West, which does have Chaska and Chan and uh, Benil then also has uh, Jefferson, which has some Kennedy kids, so it's actually a Bloomington team, but most its roster is a Jefferson. Uh, but uh, with that in mind, so they're on top of the Metro West right now, and with their stunning victory last night with who got the victory goal for them? Erica Liskey with <laughs> even strength there. So um, definitely a, a team to kind of slowly pay attention to, and uh, their, their leading goaltender, who has actually – played in every single game so they must they're a one goalie machine <laughs> is Maeve Tallman uh, who has a 2.18 goal average and she her save percentage is 910 so nothing to not great super numbers but you know when you're eight four and one you're doing something right it's a good team effort good chemistry going with it and it's great when those city kids are not jumping off to some of the private schools they're kind of staying home growing up through that Minneapolis storm program so they're slowly getting a little recognition and wins will definitely help you so watch out for the Nova all four losses by three goals or less for the Novas they've been in all 13 games so far Right on. All right. And the last one that we want to bring to your attention is a team that has been there uh, because as we teased it earlier, uh, the Egan Wildcats uh, with a couple of megastars on their team, the loss of first game of the season, and then said, uh, that's enough. <laughs> and so they have ripped off 10 victories in a row. And part of their victories have become, they really have a three-headed monster right now of Julia Barger, uh, Emily Cronkite, and Jenna Ruiz. Now, all the press gets for is Miss Ruiz, who definitely is one of the uh, main stakes team players on that team as we were kind of watching them as the season progressed uh, in the beginning of the season. But now that you have uh, Barger, Cronkite, and Ruiz, who all have at least 10 or, or 11 goals, and Cronkite leads the team with uh, 29 points. So definitely uh, with that hot streak, they are just cutting through uh, the conference uh, the South Suburban Conference, so they're definitely and they're sitting at the top. They've won their eight and zero, obviously, with their in their conference, and it's such a big conference. So they kind of have the pleasure of being able to beat everybody up in the conference instead of getting all these really um, a lot of non-conference, which you can always get the cupcakes here and there. But I think for the most part, uh, they're picking really good teams. And obviously, you've got Lakeville North in there. You've got Shakopee. You got Burnsville, who's playing really well this year. Obviously, their arch rival Eastview is always tough. Farmington's got some a couple D one recruits on that team. So um, it's not a it's not a shock. But being 10-1, I think they might be a little shocked, and uh, they're going to keep plugging along. So watch out because the Wildcats are coming. Well, speaking of non-conference matchups, they're going to take on Eden Prairie in that midwinter meltdown at Eden Prairie on Thursday, December 27th. That'll be a really nice test for the Wildcats. It's it's nice to win through your conference, but if you want to have a solid resume come playoff time, postseason time, you need several uh, strong non-conference wins. For sure. All right. Oh, great. So, okay, um, so we've talked about some teams, and let's talk about something that kind of frustrates me. <laughs> We're shifting gears a little bit. And I like to call them, I know it's kind of a weird term, but it's a term I came up with, it, and I can't think of a better one. I know um, there's other terms out there. You think of when you're sitting in your, uh, you're watching something, and it gets you frustrated, and and this one, it might fog your windows, but this one, it fogs my cage because <laughs> it frustrates me every time I see it. And I know it's not my kids. Um, my cage fogger of the week is parents that carry their kids' bags. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm all for 
when you have a squirt and they're getting started, and it's really cute. Nope. Um, or if you're in the girls, you're in the U8, U6. It's, it's so cute because she carries her water bottle, she carries her stick, and you got that big roller bag, or you got the backpack. I totally get it. But when they're 10s and 12s, and the reason this one really burned me again and fogged up the cage is because last weekend over at the Dangle Fest, I still saw some U10, U12 parents that were carrying everything for their kids. Everything. When you're 11 years old, you can carry your own bag. You can roll the bag. Trust me, you can do it. If you're a goalie, okay, I give you the credit. Mom and dad might carry the stick. I get it. But you can carry your own bag. Goalie bags, they got wheels on them. Trust me. They go down the stairs. I know it makes noise, but you can carry your own bag. I would also add that you can pack your own bag. Oh, You're going to take a heck of a lot more responsibility if you're the one making sure you have your socks and your shin pads and your elbow pads and your skates and your jerseys. It's I, I both love and hate sitting in the lobby at a tournament and watching mom or dad say, uh, Junior, where are your jerseys? Um, I thought you grabbed Nope. If you are responsible for all of your hockey possessions, then you will take A, better care of them, and B, you will make sure that they are with you when you get to the rink. Because I guarantee the one time that you try to do something nice, say like, oh, I think I'll try, oh, I don't know, hang in the jersey in the garage so it airs out a little better, because you think you're trying to be the right parent, and all of a sudden you get all the way to the rink, drop your kid off, and then you are on the way back because you're like, well, I dropped them off, I have an hour, I can come back, and then you get that alarming phone call. From your child saying, Dad, where are my jerseys? And you're like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, they're still hanging up. So then I'm like, you know what? I will just bark at them, open the bag up, hang your stuff up. Whatever you do, you are in charge of it. And then they never forget their stuff. Never do. When I was a Bantam, I got a ride home from my coach one one after practice one night. And he had a, he had a pickup truck. And we put our bags in the back. And I unfortunately hooked my jerseys on his truck like in the you know on the top of the bed there's a little hole that you can attach oh yeah uh, racks to or something yep. i stuck the hanger inside that little hole and we were uh apparently i found him the next day at practice and he said someone on the highway was honking at him the entire time and he, and he was saying what's your problem and then when he finally got home he looked outside and he saw my jerseys hanging off the side of his truck that was the scariest moment of my life having to tell my dad um we might have to replace a home jersey oh, and an away jersey. That would just about <laughs> that would not only fog his cage, but he might just fog the entire. He might house. take my cage off and say, "Go out there with a bare face, and yep. then we'll see Here's if a, you forget your jerseys ever yep, again." Exactly. Forget the helmet; you don't even need it. So, Whew, that's right. So, anyway, so folks up there, just let let the kids take care of their stuff at a certain age. I would say about past squirts, they they can take care of themselves. Having responsibility is not a bad thing. That's a great thing for the kids. It really is. What a great thing to do is also talk about um, something which is kind of passion in our world. Um, it's the tourney, which is the high school tournament, which is going to be going on in February. And one of the things that's been a controversial piece that goes back and forth is should the girls tournament be at the X or should it be at a smaller venue, say like Ritter, which is a wonderful sound system, great seating, not a bad spot in the house to watch a game. Peter, what are your <laughs> thoughts about bringing the tourney back to Ritter? You know, for so long, I was very pro moving the tournament to Ritter. 
Uh, you think it might be a better atmosphere. The capacity is about 3,400, which the girls' state high school tournament, at least the, the AA, some of the AA quarterfinals, uh, definitely AA semifinals, and probably both final games, they would come close to packing that, or they would pack it. There might be a line out the door for a really good AA matchup at Ritter Arena. But from everyone that I've talked to, from coaches and administrators and a couple of players, they want to play at the X. So if the tournament is about celebrating these players and if it's about putting them on the biggest stage to showcase their talents and to showcase what they've worked so hard for, then we have to let the, the players lead and the players want to play at the XL Energy Center. They do. And I am all for uh, having the girls play on a large scene and a large spectacle where is it going to be able to fill up the 18,000-seat arena? No. Uh, but the other thing that I, I think back is that if we can fill up a place like Ritter, which is 3,400, like you says, players are going to feed off the energy as well. If they're going to look up and they're going to see mom and dad in a section of about 100 people on each side right by the benches and maybe a couple people up in the nosebleeds because they want to be away from everybody else or they're sparse around there, there's just no energy. It's like going to a hockey game where there's no music being played. The players feed off the energy. There's got to be excitement in the building. I want the girls to have a big stage. I want them to have this energy, this electricity that goes on, which I want people to come out to the turn. If the people come out to the X, let's fill it up. Let's make it look like we they we belong there. Not we, I shouldn't say we, but it's her ice. Let's make everybody there. But if it's at Ritter, we know we can jam-pack that place. We know the energy is going to be loud. We know it's going to be not just people behind the benches and 100 parents on both sides and a couple spots. You know every seat in there is going to be full. So it's like, do you want a full 3,400 with energy or do you want a full 2,000 of 18,000 seats with this, let's just play some music and maybe put some screens up like they do at Target Center, making it look like it's full with 10,000. Where they used to have the uh, college tournament there, <laughs> HCNC, which looked like just a, a band show, which was <laughs> ridiculous. Like, don't cover up 10,000 seats. Trust me, there's nobody back there. Well, I'd, that was going to be one of my compromises was that you shut down the upper level of the XL Center. Uh, maybe curtain it off or something and f let everyone sit in the lower bowl so that noise stays in one place instead of forcing uh, students to sit in the upper deck. I don't totally get that. I understand it for the boys just because there's so much crowd control that goes into it. Yes. But for the girls' tournament, let everybody sit in the lower bowl. And schools should send their full bands, and their band yes. should be playing as loud as possible. There's room for All it. the time. There's no reason they shouldn't be there. That's right. Guaranteed, all eight teams per class have got a band that they can bring. When you bring it, there's plenty of room. I love the idea about curtaining up top and just being lower bowl. Fill it up. I guarantee you we'll fill it up if we just go lower bowl. I'm all for that. I made you halfway there. Let's write a letter. Let's write a strongly worded letter. That's where we're not going. an email. No, no, no. Have a handwritten start. letter. Nope. I'm not going to do that. All right. So it's time. We're running out of time. Wow. We've had some good <laughs> good talkers, but that's okay. That's what we're about. We're all about her ice. We're and caffeinated. We're caffeinated. We're, we're giving. This. All right. So quick three questions. Uh, this is going to be a rapid fire because we're running short on time, but I want to make sure you give it. So uh, question number one for Peter. Seattle is going to get a professional hockey team. Uh. What should their nickname be? What are your top three choices for nicknames of the Seattle professional hockey team? The Seattle 
Gary Bettman's or the Seattle Unnecessaries. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this so much. Let's water down the league a little more. Let's add another team. Let's force teams to relinquish some of their studs or some of their prospects because it makes the owners and Gary a little more money. But if I have to pick one, if I absolutely have to pick one, uh, oh, gosh. Timbers? No, Portland Timbers. Timbers is a good one. Nah. Is it, isn't that their soccer team is the Timbers, I believe? No, the Portland. Seattle Sounders right. are the Seattle soccer team. The Portland Portland Timbers Portland is the Timbers. soccer team. Yeah, right. right. If I had to pick one for Seattle, gosh, maybe the the Sounders is a good one, though. I do like Sounders. What about you? Uh, I would either go like the Salmon. Okay. Um, or that's a good one. Or the Metros, like the Metropolitans, which uh-huh. I think is a good one. Uh, and I do, I do think you're watering things down a little bit by putting an extra team. But the 31 team idea with Vegas last Vegas year. Vegas shouldn't have a team. Well, unfortunately, right now it showed that was a great idea. But what they should have done is they should have just squeezed a couple teams out and then put them in Vegas and put them in. It- Portland or the Seattle area. It proved to be a good idea because they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, but they went to the Stanley Cup Finals because they got to cherry pick. Oh, so If you look at the expansion draft when the Minnesota Wild and the Columbus Blue Jackets went at it oh. for players and the Minnesota Wild were like, okay, with our next draft expansion draft pick, we're going to take Jim Dowd. <laughs> you're, you're scrapping for third-line centers in the 2000 expansion draft, and in this expansion draft you get to pick off somebody like William Carlson, a 40-goal scorer, and a, you know, however many Stanley Cup winning goaltender in Marc-Andre Fleury. Yep. That <laughs> I hear you out loud and clear. <laughs> so much for the nickname. That could have been the talker right there, but no, I agree with you 100%. That some, of the, some of the possible names are Evergreens, Sea Lions, Cougars, Eagles, Whales, Renegades, uh, Firebirds, and Kraken. Kraken is one that my son had brought up because it's like an animal out there. Yeah. It's something different. It doesn't end an S, so. It's it is a also a rum. Ooh. And it's gross. Okay. I have not yet had it, so I'll wait till the next episode before that happens. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, are you? Which one impresses you more, three assists or three goals by a player in a game? So the hat trick or the assist trick? Assist trick. Why? Because I think that if there's an assist trick, you're doing something right consistently. Uh, you see a lot of hat tricks where a player might just be standing in front of the net and they let the puck handler do all of the work and then feed them a perfect pass on the doorstep where they simply tap it in for an easy goal. I think three assists is a little harder because of how many times officials may misread a number. If your jersey is tucked, if they get your number right three times and you earn three assists, uh, bigger kudos than a hat trick. I'm with you 100%. Uh, A beautiful pass is more beautiful than a slap shot. Yes. More worth it. All right. Uh, last question. What f- Are you a straight candy cane guy, or do you like flavored candy canes? Like, I don't want to say straight, like old-fashioned peppermint flavor, or do you like fruity flavors or different flavored candy canes? Fruity flavored candy canes. I want to spice it up over Christmas. Christmas is not a time for tradition. It's a time for experimentation so, and uh, fruity candy canes. So, And if there was a collard green flavored candy cane? I'd be all over it. I know you would be. Yeah, I would be all over it. That's great. You'll get that at your local Kowalski's <laughs> with next week. <laughs> no, Whole Foods. That too. Yeah, right. Right right next to the $12 hand soap. Right on. Uh, Trader Joe's, we have that on sale next week. Two for $10. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've gone over our time a little bit, but I want to thank you very much for tuning in and being a part of Her Ice. I'd like to thank Peter for his inquisitive insight 
as we walk through the winter wonder hockey land of Minnesota uh, and his research and analyst. Uh, next week we'll be on, but we're not sure what day. It might be a little different because of the holiday. I think we might the, miss next week. Maybe the smack middle of it. So uh, from, for Peter and myself, we wish you all a merry, merry Christmas or a happy Hanukkah or whatever holiday that you celebrate. Uh, we'd like to thank you for listening to Her Ice because it's not his ice. Hey, take care of yourselves during the holiday season. Be safe and take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time. Keep it cool, used to be a fool All about the bounce in my step Watch it on the news, what you gonna do I could hit refresh and forget Used to keep it cool